Well, the Big D is back with a very special anniversary dating back to Hurricane Ian, which affected uh, Southwest Florida on this day one year ago. Before I bring in today's guest, please subscribe, like, and share the Spunky Spectrum Sports YouTube page. All kinds of content, weather, football, baseball, you name it. Also, check out the Big D podcast for all your audio listeners, Spotify, and Apple. So uh, joining us, whether we're talking Florida Gator football, Boston Red Sox baseball, or one of Jimmy Buffett's greatest hits, I've been trying to get this guy on for three years, finally got him today, uh, Ted Fish, Georgia, Boston Red Sox, public address announcer. By the way, if you go to the game at Jeff Blue Park, you can hear the Dylan-approved Dippin' Dots. <laughs> so, uh, Ted, Ted, uh, Weather is a lot better than it was on this day one year ago, right? Dylan, it absolutely is. And, and I am thrilled for three years. I know you've been asking me to come and do this with you. And I, my apologies for taking this long to getting around to it. But uh, this seemed like a, a perfect opportunity to talk about what we went through at this time last year, the events leading up to it and, and the events that, that, that followed. Uh, it has been uh, a wild ride. Yeah, how about Hurricane Ian caused $113 billion of damage and uh, killed 156 people in our own backyards. And that's that's assuming that the count is accurate. I, I would say there's a better chance that it, that, that number is higher than lower. And uh, uh, it was, um, you know, I've been here since I was 14 years old, and we've heard all about storm surge, and we've heard about what can happen in these hurricanes? And, and you tend to get a little lackadaisical with all the different times that we've been told that the end is near. Uh, but, but a year ago today, uh, it felt like the end was not just near, but it was upon us. Um, we had uh, the, the run-up to Ian for me. We had spent 10 days in a mountain cabin up in North Georgia, the mountains of North Georgia. And that last weekend, we had gone up to uh, Knoxville, Tennessee, for the Florida-Tennessee football game. Uh, and, and on Sunday, we drove back to Gainesville, stayed Sunday in Gainesville, went to Spurrier's Restaurant, his Spurrier's Bar and Grill for dinner on Sunday night, got in the car on Monday, took our time coming home, made a couple of different stops on the way, got back to our house probably about 7.30, 8 o'clock on, on Monday evening, uh, woke up Tuesday morning. Of course, it was all over the news what was coming, and we debated, do we put the storm shutters up? Do we not put the storm shutters up? I'm lazy, so my first thought, of course, was we don't need the storm shutters, but I'm also married to a very wise woman who said we need to go put our storm shutters up. So we spent Sunday, or Tuesday, uh, the two of us outside, putting up our old-fashioned metal storm shutters all around the house, that we've been in for about three years. And the next morning we sat down and waited for the storm to hit. And boy, hit it did. Hit it did. Uh, our canal in the backyard uh, rose and continued to rise. Uh, water came under the shutters, through the doors, from across the street, the canal, and the street flooded and the water came in from the front. And ultimately we wound up with about a foot of water in our garage and eight inches through the entire house. Uh, which which put us out of our house for about seven months, and we'll talk about that as uh, as the hour goes on. Uh, but it's it's something I I really don't want to go through again. Uh, I know my wife Kathleen does not want to go through it again. Uh, every time it rains, she's ready for me to put a for sale sign in the front yard. And 
So we'll see what happens. Uh, you guys were high and dry. You stayed safe, right, over at your place. Yeah, well, yeah, we'll weigh in and we'll east of 75 and be honest with you, I'm glad we're east of 75 because it seemed like everybody west of US 41 was flooded. We, um, everybody took hits. Um, the, the, the coastal communities, Fort Myers Beach, uh, Sanibel and Captiva, uh, on up actually into Punta Gorda and, and Charlotte Harbor and down, down into Naples, uh, they still haven't completely recovered, but there were some amazing things that happened as well. Uh, I, I love the way the people in this community come together uh, and help each other. Uh, everybody was facing the same things, and you still saw people rolling up their sleeves and helping their neighbors and helping their friends and their family members. Uh, it, it, it was a complete difference than what you've seen on the national news when other places get hit, and they put people up in, well, like the Superdome, during Katrina and there were people that were murdered there and, and, and whatnot. And, uh, and, and here it, it just, it just seemed like it brought out the best in people. Uh, sometimes the worst of times will do that. 9-11 was that type of a thing. And I would imagine uh, back in 1941, Pearl Harbor was that type of thing. So we, we are very hopeful that they tell us it was a once every 500 year storm. Uh, we hope they are correct. Uh, I, I also, I like to think that, that that was our turn in the barrel, and, and I don't know that we're going to have to get back into that barrel, at least not in my lifetime. I hope not anyway. So, I mean, you said that you've been down here forever, but, uh, do you, but uh, where were you doing, uh, Charlie? Well, you know, it's funny, Charlie in 2004, that was the year that Kathleen and I got married, and uh, the storm came through. And, and it made a sharp right-hand turn at the very end. They expected it was going to go to Tampa. Sound familiar? And, um, and, and it turned inward and, and hit us. And when everything cleared and, and the calm came after the storm, the first thing we had to do was go downtown Fort Myers. Our reception was scheduled to be at the Heitman House on the river in, in downtown Fort Myers. And we went down to make sure everything was okay at the Heitman House. And our wedding planner met us out in front when we pulled up and she said, don't worry, everything is going to be fine. And I looked and I saw this big, huge 40 foot palm tree through the roof of the entry uh, of the Hyman house. And she said, we've got plenty of time that will all be taken care of. And God bless her. It was. And, and our reception turned out to be the party of the year. So, uh, so yeah, we were here for Charlie. I was here for Andrew um, <clears throat> drove through Homestead, it was probably a good two, two and a half years after Andrew and uh, Homestead still looked like a bomb had just gone off. Uh, the, the recovery time here after Ian was so much quicker. I mean, we've gotten more well-versed in how to handle things like this, I think as part of it. Uh, I, I do know uh, my niece's husband lived in Homestead when, uh, when Andrew went through, they were without power for, he told me over four months over four months without any electricity, um, we had our power back on in the span of 10 days, two weeks, probably after Ian. Uh, this was the longest we've gone without water. Uh, we had no water for the first week or so after Ian this year. And when we were finally able to get a shower, uh, everybody was very happy. Uh, some happier than others. The people that had to smell me were like, oh, thank God you finally got a shower. But we had a friend who, who got their water back first and gave us the code to their front door. And we all took turns wandering into their house and taking showers. Uh, I spent two weeks 
because I had a generator, uh, but our house was uninhabitable. So the generator didn't do me any good. We had no power. Uh, my father-in-law is in an assisted living facility. Uh, we spent the first two weeks in the assisted living facility. They had generator power for their lobby area, their dining room, uh, things like that. So they had lights. Uh, they gave us a two-room suite for ourselves. We lived out of a cooler and slept on a, an arrow bed and, um, and, and spent two weeks there. It was good practice for what, what lies ahead as I get older, uh, living in one of those facilities, but they were very helpful. And then after two weeks, when everybody had their power back on, we got a call from a friend. Why don't you come on over? The people that we vacation with said, you know, stay with us until you're ready to get back into your house. Uh, we got over to their house good time. I mean, we, we travel together all the time. We know we can live together. We know we get along. Uh, but I got a text message from their next door neighbor about a week to 10 days after we had moved in there. And he said, look, I'm up in Michigan. My house is right next door. It's empty. Why don't you just go stay there? And it was five bedrooms, five baths, 5,000 square feet on the river, uh, pool, jacuzzi. I called him the next day. I said, really bad news, Bob. He said, what's that? I said, it's going to be five years before my house is ready to go. <laughs> so we had a little bit of survivor's guilt. We had a really nice place to stay. Bob came down towards the end of the year and he said, you stay as long as you need to stay. And, and the three of us lived in the house together. And uh, uh, while we continued to renovate, remodel and get our house ready, uh, to inhabit once again. And uh, by and in fact, you know, I was doing that in March because uh, I was coming back and forth to JetBlue Park from Bob's house. And we finally, uh, towards the end of April, were able to get back into our house. And uh, what we knew was going to happen, happened. We now feel like we've got a brand new home. Uh, we've got all new cabinets. We've got new appliances. We've got, we took out walls. We put new floors in. Um, it's, it's just what we wanted to do. It's just not the way we wanted to do it. Uh, but we're happy to have that behind us and, and be enjoying our house. But like I said, every time it rains, I, I have to worry about whether or not I'm going to have to put a for sale sign in my front yard. So. No, I mean, how, I mean, um, how high is your house? Well, if our house had been nine feet of elevation, we would have been fine. Our house was eight is eight feet elevated at eight feet. So our elevation is eight feet, and uh, that would explain the foot of water in the garage and the eight inches in the in the in the uh, the rest of the house. Um, when when the house was built, the uh, builder offered the, the original owner of the house to to raise it to nine feet, but it would have been an extra thousand dollars to do that. And the owner decided, well, there's never been any storm surge. We're in good shape. We'll just leave it at eight feet and pocket that thousand dollars. Well, that thousand dollars would have been well spent the way things happened on September 28th of last year. I mean, uh, it's, I mean, you, you've been here long enough, you know what storm service, particularly on, on the Gulf side does, because we've got the shallow continental shelf and it seems like when storms, water can come through and just keep coming up. Remember what Contrain did in Louisiana, Mississippi, Hurricane Michael devastating Mexico beach. But it feels like Gulf storms produce more storm surge than storms on the on the East Coast. Well, part of that could be because we're on the Gulf side and it just feels that way. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, you'd have a hard time explaining that to people that had lived through it uh, in Fort Lauderdale and, and up, up the Florida coast. Uh, I remember Hurricane Donna back in the 60s and, and, and whatnot. So 
Uh, like I said, if it's your turn of the barrel, you, you realize just exactly how helpless we are against Mother Nature. Uh, and, and it's another reason why I chuckle when people think they're going to control the climate. It's like, okay, you can't figure out how to get my gasoline back down to $2.30 a gallon, but you're going to you're going to make the temperature of the earth drop by two degrees. Exactly. Explain that to me. But uh, we won't talk politics here, but but it does make me chuckle. It's uh, uh, they can't do the simplest things, but they want us to believe that they're going to be able to do the most incredible things that you've ever heard of. Where's Thomas Edison when you need him? <laughs> oh, Henry Ford, right? Oh, Henry Ford. So, so I'm looking forward to uh, now that things are back to normal. And, and you know, I, you know, you and I know each other from from doing Red Sox games, and that's that's sort of my side hustle. It's um, um, it's a lot of fun. I, I don't get rich doing it. Need, none of us do up in that control room. Uh, I like to say that I, with my season tickets that I buy from the Red Sox, I probably give them as much money as they pay me uh, every year. But uh, we are looking forward to another great spring training up ahead. This will be my thirteenth year. How many years for you? Uh, six. Six. God, it just feels like you've been there every every step of the way with me. Um, and Dylan talked about dipping dots. One of my reads uh, in every game is is for dipping dots. My friend Scott Fisher uh, recently sold that company and put a oh twenty million dollars in his pocket. He needs to be a better friend. Uh, but but Dylan loves his dipping dots, and I have changed my read to let everyone in the stands know that, that Dippin' Dots are Dylan approved. And that was his reference to Dylan approved Dippin' Dots. I'm surprised you don't have like a Dippin' Dot sign behind you as a sponsor for uh, Big D Sports. I, I, I need to have one. But, um, you know, it's funny story. You mentioned Hurricane Andrew. I was six weeks old when Andrew came through. We were in Naples, and my mom says that Andrew was the first time I made it through the night. <laughs> so you slept right through it. I, I, maybe it's just a, it was just a change in air pressure, but oh, um, the white noise from the rain and the storm, yeah. But uh, if Andrew would have gone twenty miles north, the storm would have gone through Naples, and we would have been in like not a Cat Five, but maybe like a Cat Three with 120, 130 mm -hmm. mile an hour winds. And you know those houses that, that came across from the east, right? Yeah, the storm. That, yeah, that storm was going east to west, so it came out of the Atlantic crossed through a homestead and then came across over here. So it had, and, and the thing about, you know, usually when a storm gets over land, it loses a lot of its intensity because the land sucks the, the, the power out of the storm. But that's not really the case in South Florida because as it goes over Florida, there's no shortage of water, you know, as it, as it, skirts, across, as it skirts across the Everglades. Uh, if, if it were a mountain there, it would break the storm up. It's just more water, and that water is just as warm as the Gulf and the Atlantic. And and so I suspect that that kept Andrew just as strong as as it was pretty close to what it was when it when it touched down in in Homestead. So plus it's plus it's not like Florida goes on and goes on and on forever. I mean, it's you can get from you can get from a sail to Miami in a couple hours, depending right. on traffic. Or the weight of your foot on the accelerator. <laughs> so I, um, you know, that's, and, and you talk about Florida and, and you know, people, I sell real estate for a living and, and that's certainly been affected. Three years ago, it was affected by COVID. Last year, it was affected by Ian. 
uh, some ways good, some ways bad. Um, but Florida is when they tell you you need to evacuate, when you look at Florida and say, OK, great, but where do we go? I mean, if, if you're if you're wrong by a couple of miles on the storm, you may drive right into where the storm was or where it hit. <clears throat> or you're you're one lane in and one lane out. So to get out of here, if you don't leave four days in advance, you're doing nothing but sitting in a big, long line of traffic trying to go what to Orlando and sit in more traffic. So um, it, it's it's a roll of the dice. Uh, I'd rather live here than anywhere else um, until it rains and Kathleen gets nervous and, and I'd rather live anywhere else. So, but, but you know, uh, we're very fortunate. We're blessed. We have we have a good circle of friends. We've got um, we've got the ability to fix things uh, as a group and as individuals, and, and it's worked out really well. So. And you've got your mom and dad. Yeah. You know, they love you. So that works out great too. Yeah, so yeah, and, and the real estate business, it's, you know, I'm looking and houses now are staying on the market a little bit longer. Interest rates have gone from two and a half, three percent on up to seven and a half, eight percent. People talk about, you know, the high interest rates. Well, when I got into the real estate business in 1978, interest rates were 18 percent. So I always said things could be a whole lot worse, but that has that has taken a lot of people out of the market because say, for instance, you were married and you were starting a family and you had a nice little house with your wife and now she's pregnant and she's, oh, my goodness, twins. That's awesome. Dylan and his wife are going to have twins. Well, now you need a bigger house, but you're in a house where you're making the payments, your interest rate is two and a half percent. And if I sell that house for you and sell you another house, your next interest rate is going to be 8% for a bigger house. And prices haven't gone down. That's the that's the funny thing. Inventory has increased, time on the market has increased. Part of the reason for that is because people are still of a mindset that their house is what is worth what it was two years ago. And uh, and so we're seeing, we're, it's a learning curve and we're seeing things uh, in a different light. And, and it's always something. I mean, it's 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 very fluid and you've got to be able to move with the market. Um, but, uh, you know, that's why I keep buying Powerball tickets. Nobody won on Monday night. So I'm hoping that the next drawing is mine. I always hope that when I buy tickets and uh, I'll take good care of all the people in the control room when I win. Don't you worry about it. <laughs> so so you forward, you're looking forward to spring training? Yep, yep. Uh, see some baseball, baseball because seems it seems weird this year. Like all the good teams this year, open, like the Red Sox, Yankees, Cardinals, Padres, only to let us down. I I think the Red Sox had a better year than any of us thought we were going to have when we broke camp back in late March. Um, they they gave it a good run. They had a lot of injuries. Pitching staff was decimated. Uh, your boy from FGCU, Chris Sale, just can't seem to stay healthy. Um, uh, but for the most part, up until the last month of the season or so, they were in the hunt for, you know, at least a wild card spot. And uh, that's, that, that might be a little better than I thought we were going to do when, the, when, when, when we broke camp. But and now uh, some changes in the front office again. And so we'll see what direction we go. But I do think Mr. Bloom has left the um, – uh, the farm system in good shape from everything I can see. Uh, some good young talent uh, on the way up. And so we look forward to uh, 
what is it that Tom Boswell said? Time begins on opening day. And on opening day, everybody's in first place. So, so we'll start the season out in first place and we'll see what happens from there. So, so Ted, uh, for any of the other hurricanes that have hit Southwest Florida, have you and your wife evacuated? We evacuated once. We did it more for my mother and father-in-law than we did for us. We, we put them on a plane with us and we went up to New Jersey and we spent, uh, we spent some time with my family. In fact, with, with uh, my sister, who's, whose daughter is getting married on Saturday when we fly up to New Jersey, uh, she was just a little child back then, and now she's an attorney and she's getting married. I, I don't know where the years have gone. But we flew up there with, with Jane and Neil, spent probably five days up there, had a really nice time. They got to meet the rest of my family. They you know, took them in. My, my mother-in-law was, was awesome. My father-in-law still with us. He's 91. Um, when we came back, the storm had sort of stalled in the Gulf of Mexico, and it was still drifting off the coast of Tampa when we got back. So we were gone for five days thinking we were getting out of the eye of the storm, and the storm just kind of sat there and was still there when we got back. So that was the only time we've ever even considered. Now, we did send them away uh, another time to get them out of the uh, out of harm's way. We sent them to their hometown, Cleveland, Jane and Neil. And uh, they went up there and they spent the whole week calling us going, what did we do to deserve this? We want to come home. So, so we, we stay here. And Ian, I was thrilled that we stayed here because my next door neighbor, um, they lost the roof of their house. We still had phone service. This was fairly early on in the storm. We still had phone service. I heard a big, loud bang out front. I pushed the door open in the front door and kind of peeked out to see what the noise was and couldn't see anything. Closed the door again as I walked back into our living room. Now, we hadn't started the flood yet. Um, my phone rang, and I answered the phone. It was the next-door neighbor's daughter. She's there with them. And she said, oh, my God, Ted, we just lost our roof. What are we going to do? And I said, are, are Pat and Jerry there? And she said, they are. And Jerry was 90 or 91 at the time. He was in a wheelchair. I said, bring him to the side door. And I went out in the storm, went next door to their house, picked him up in his wheelchair, and brought him along with his wife and their daughter and granddaughter and her dog into our house. And they rode the storm out with us here in the house. And then 10 days later, sadly, Jerry passed away, had nothing to do with the storm, but I'm sure the, the storm didn't help him at all. And, uh, and they, they took on a whole lot more damage than we did. What, what it was was their entire lanai was just lifted off the ground and it went over the roof of their house. So when it came off, it ripped a big gaping hole in the back of the roof over their master bedroom and dining room. So the water was gushing in there and the lanai was basically deposited on the front lawn in front of their house. And that was the noise that I heard. Well, the next morning when I went out, when, when things quieted down and you want to go out and assess the damages, I walked out. And, the, and I had seen the lanai when I went out to get Jerry and bring him to the house. It was gone. And I looked down the street, and it was eight houses down the street. The, everything from the line. It was almost still in one piece. And it just, I assumed, floated seven or eight houses down. And I walked back in. I said, well, the bad news is the lanai is gone. The good news is it's not your problem anymore. It's somebody else's problem down the end of the street. So... I mean, it, it just, we, we went down. I still haven't been to Fort Myers Beach. Um, we went by boat one day and we, we pulled up to Snug Harbor and we had a nice lunch and a few drinks and, and then we left. 
they don't really need, they still don't need looky loose, but they are, you know, starting to open things back up. The restaurants are back open. Uh, the, the fact that they rebuilt that bridge to Sanibel, what was it, in six days? That was that was pretty stunning. That that was another example of how well we handle things like that uh, here in Southwest Florida. They were able to get power trucks over to Sanibel and Captiva and get their power back up a whole lot more quickly than had they had to wait four months before they could rebuild that bridge. Six days, they had they had a a bridge that was sufficient for big trucks to to go over it and get onto the island and start helping people. They ferried. Uh, they used ferry boats to get people off the island that, that had stayed out there. So now I don't want to do it again. It was uh, it's quite an experience, but I'm ready for life to be normal. Whatever passes for normal these days. Yeah. Did any, did did any did you guys even consider leaving Foyana? Were you going to stay no matter what? Um, the only thing we considered doing was was going and staying because they had offered us a place prior to the storm in the assisted living facility where Kathleen's dad lives. And we were going to do that just to get off the water because it's, you know, it's not on the water. It's four miles inland from here. Although in Cape Coral, you're always near water somewhere. Uh, but, but where he is, he's, he's, he's on dry land and it's fresh water nearby. So the chances of them flooding were, were a whole lot less likely than they were here. Um, we were going to do that. And if you remember at one point, they said, it looks like the storm is going to go and hit up North in Tampa, Clearwater, St. Pete. And this facility has another facility in Punta Gorda. So what they decided to do was bring all the residents from Punta Gorda down to the Cape Coral facility. So they no longer had a room for us because they filled it with the, uh, uh, Punta Gorda folks. And um, they said, you could still go stay in the room with, with Neil if you like. And I'm like, no, we're good. We'll just stay and ride it out at the house. So that we did come close to getting out this time. Uh, but I'm, again, it worked out for the best because I don't know what my neighbors would have done if I hadn't been here to go over and, and gotten them, at least to the safety that was our house. Uh, we got wet, but we got wet from water coming up, not from water coming down. So we had a whole lot less water than they did. So. But I, I suspect if, if there's any inkling that we're going to get hit again, we'll be leaving uh, or I'll be staying here by myself. So <laughs> no, I, I mean, can guarantee you Kathleen is leaving. No, I mean, uh, did one of, I mean, you basically know everybody on this side of the state. Did one of your friends ask, ask you? Well, there's plenty of people, I mean, you know, and, and as I said, we went to stay with our friends for two weeks uh, if, if, and they're on the water. They didn't get the storm surge where they were. And and if they had flooded and we had, the same thing would have happened. We would have had them come and live with us uh, until their house was ready again. So we're, like I said, we're blessed with a, a great circle of friends. Um, as a real estate broker, I, I paid very close attention to who stayed high and dry and who never lost power. And uh, I suspect that if and when we decide to, to make a move, that will play into our decision as to where we go next. But uh, right now, and it's going to be right here. So you're stuck with me every spring, as long as the Red Sox will have me back. <laughs> no, I mean, how strong is you? I mean, uh, how strong, how new is your house? Uh, house was built in 87. Okay. We now have a brand new roof. <laughs> yeah. The funny thing was I had already started to price roofs. The roof was 18 years old. Uh, 
actually had been replaced right after Charlie. And um, uh, in May, I started to price it because I knew it was getting to that age where the insurance company might say, if you don't get a new roof, we're going to drop you know, your policy. And so I priced it. And in May, I got a price for the roof. And I said, OK, I'm ready to go if, if they tell me that. I can get the roofer up there. And then Ian hit. And the following week, I got another price for the roof. And it was double what the price was in May. So, but in the meantime, uh, it's been taken care of. And we've got a brand new roof. It's about a month and a half old now. And um, so that, that part is good. And, and like I said, the inside of the house is, is like a brand new house. So ultimately, we'll do just fine. And we were fully insured. And uh, that's the beauty of being married to a lawyer. She's, she does everything by the book. And because we, we actually talked about dropping our flood policy because uh, we didn't have to have it. We didn't have a mortgage. So we could have we could have just gone without and it wouldn't have been a problem until it was. And uh, thankfully, we just because because the, the, the rate doubled the year before, uh, the, you know, the cost of our flood policy doubled. And we thought, well, that's just kind of crazy. But. Both of us were a little nervous about letting it drop completely. And thank God we kept it because most of what we recovered, we recovered from our flood policy as opposed to our homeowner's policy. So do you imagine do you imagine a a worse hurricane than Ian ever hitting Southwest Florida? Well, it can't be too much worse. I mean, this was pretty damn close to a cat five. Uh, and in, in some measurement, it was a cat five. So uh, if, if there's one out there that's going to be worse, I, I will definitely be at the Schmittler household. Oh, no. And, and hey, I'll bring Dippin' Dots. And, you know, your mom always likes it when I come by. So that's okay. <laughs> hey, hey, at least we're, hey, at least we're way inland. That's right. That's right. There's, but you know what? Houses in Lehigh flooded in Ian. And and the, the, the name Lehigh, Lehigh Acres, Lehigh got its name because it is the highest point in Lee County. That's where Lehigh comes from, Lehigh, and and they flooded. I've got friends out there that that got a foot, two feet of water. I've got other friends that that the water went right up to the top of their house. I've got friends that were on the front page of the news press a week or two later. They had written a story about them. They actually crawled through their kitchen window to get out of their house and tethered themselves to the front porch. And somebody came by in a boat, not on the canal, but on the street. He had his boat out on the street and came by in the boat and rescued them um, from in front of their house. And, and it just, it, like I said, it's, it's not anything we want to do again. That's for sure. Did you did you hear about the, uh, I think it was like a million and a half dollar, either a McLaren or Corvette that was flooded? Yeah. See, that's why I'm happy I'm poor. So, <laughs> money just causes a money just causes a whole new set of problems. I mean, but um, why do you think people on Fort Myers, especially on Fort Myers Beach, Sandbo, Captiva, didn't evacuate? Because I mean, were they thinking the storm was going to hit Tampa? Even well, though it, the it, it, it's been here as long as I've been. I've been here since 1971. You never saw storm surge. And, and again, if, if you don't decide to go until the day before, where do you go? Um, they're telling you it's going to hit in the Tampa, St. Pete, Clearwater area. So you're not going to go there. You're going to drive across the state. It, it, I mean, we're on a peninsula. We're kind of stuck. 
And, um, and, and sometimes I think, you know, I'm not a psychologist or a psychiatrist, but I, I think people feel safe in their own home. You know, it's, it's okay. We can go somewhere else, but then also what happens to our house? What happens if, if we go, say we had stayed in the mountains in North Georgia and so we're just going to stay here until the storm goes through. Then we would have been like, well, I wonder how our house is. And by the time we got down here, we, cause I had my house dried out within 48 hours. You know, I had the water sucked out. I had the fans going. Um, cause, cause if, if you don't, you've got a whole new set of problems with mold. Mildew. And, yeah. Mildew mold. You've got, you've got to replace more drywall. We were lucky. We were able to just take out two feet of drywall all the way around, uh, get rid of the cabinets and, and the different things that we had, the furniture, get it out, clean out and dry out the garage and then, uh, put the blowers in and you know, the, the next five or six days, it was over a hundred degrees in my house, but it was as dry as a bone by the time we got done. And we were able to start working again. Um, you know, my, my real estate office, Schooner Bay Realty, we also have a, a building company, Schooner Bay Builders. And we decided shortly after the storm to, to get into the remodeling business as well as building new homes. And I volunteered our house to be the guinea pig. And so we were the first house that Schooner Bay remodel, uh, remodeled and we use it now in all of our advertising. So we're very happy with the job that they did. And if there's people out there listening to you that still need uh, work done on their house, I highly recommend Schooner Bay. Uh, it's in Cape Coral, and, and you can find them easily enough. You know, do, are there still phone books? Is there such a thing? I, I can't remember the last time I used a phone book, but you know, uh, online uh, you find us online, and uh, uh, just tell them Ted sent you. Yeah, I also think one of the reasons why people didn't evacuate, you know, people on the water. Don't want to leave. They're little stubborn, and uh, you know, people didn't evac have never evacuated on the Florida Keys. Well, and a lot of the reason for all of the damage is the number of homes that are now built right on the water. I mean, that's that's until you stop doing that, this is going to continue to happen because that's where the storms hit and do the most damage. Whether it's Fort Myers, uh, Cape Canaveral. Uh, Louisiana, if it hits up in New Orleans again, the same thing's going to happen. People that, that have money want to live on the water. And uh, there's there's pros with that. For the most part, there's a whole lot more pros than there are cons. But boy, I'll tell you what, that that one con is a pretty big one, isn't it? Mm, yeah, Cat Five Con is a pretty big one. So, I mean... What I mean, what city do you think would end? You what city do you think would cause the most problems if it were hit by a major hurricane? Well, uh, I don't know that we can have more problems than what we had here. And then the same thing happened up in the Big Bend area uh, just last month, right, or two months ago. From the Dahlia. Yeah, from the Dahlia, it, it, it skirted up north of us and then made the turn and went into the Big Bend area of Florida. And when you looked at pictures of the beach there. They have the same problems there that we have here. And, you know, the rebuild, it's, people will always remember, Fort, I, I know I will, will always remember Fort Myers Beach the way it was. It had that old home, old Florida feel to it, uh, rickety old places. And, well, those are gone. I mean, literally gone, but they're also not going to be rebuilt like that. They're going to have to be rebuilt according to new codes. And a lot of the people that owned them, can't afford to build to the new codes. And that's why you see developers coming in and buying up all the, the land. I mean, you know, uh, like I said, prices have not gone down because they know that this is still an attractive area. People still want to live on the water. Uh, 
mostly people that have not lived through Ian, but, but, but people still want to live on the water. So there's, uh, life goes on. Life goes on. Yeah, do you know anyone who uh, lived through uh, Ian on Fort Myers Beach? Oh, I have lots of friends on Fort Myers Beach and on Sanibel. I mean, you know, being in the real estate business and the title business and stuff, I've I've got, you know, I've, I've like mayors, the old mayor of Fort Myers, is a, Fort Myers Beach is a friend of mine. Um, uh, a lot of them got off the beach. Uh, a lot of them got off the beach. I mean, when you're, when you're on one of the barrier islands, you, you tend to know what can happen more so, you know, we don't feel like a barrier island here in Cape Coral. We know we're on the water. We know that it could happen, but it had never happened before. So, um, but yeah, we, we, I'm sure you've got friends too. And, uh, and I made calls, um, when we got phone service back to check on certain people that I knew were in low lying or waterfront areas that, that, that I worried about or older folks that might not have been able to, to, to do whatever needed to be done to get it done. I, I know it's hard for you to believe, but I'm one of those older folks. Um, and I get older every day. I don't know about you. You, you look younger than ever. You look younger than you did six years ago when you started at JetBlue with us. Ted, 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 you get younger every day. <laughs> hey, last month I was in Bush Gardens on Florida Gator Day. Um, I think you saw the picture of me with the, the women's volleyball team. And um, uh, every line I stood in to ride on those crazy roller coasters, I was far and away the oldest guy in line. And, and I say that proudly. The young kids looking at me going, oh, man, what are you doing? I say, I love roller coasters. Uh, let's go. Let's go. Then I started drinking beer. Well, I don't love roller coasters quite so much after I've had two or three beers. So, but I had already ridden six or eight of them. So we were good. We were good. It was a great day. I met the, the Gator golf coach and spent some time with him uh, and the women's volleyball coach and the entire team. We had a lot of fun. And uh, the, the sports program is in good hands up there. The athletic program is in good hands. It's uh, the number one rated public university in the country. Uh, proud to be a Florida Gator. Chomp, chomp. That's so, it. That's it. One, one more question. Yes, sir. Is this if the one you've been saving for me? Yes. Okay. If, if you knew Hurricane Ian was going to be the exact same storm that hit this time one year ago, would you evacuate and where would you go? Um, I, I don't know that I would, uh, but being with Kathleen, I don't think I would have a choice. So, yes, we would, we would evacuate. Uh, depending on where it was coming from, it, if it was coming from the Gulf, I've got a niece and uh, her husband and new baby and another baby on the way that live in Pembroke Pines or Plantation that, that live just across the alley in, in Fort Lauderdale, basically, uh, just past Weston. Um, they got wet with Ian because the storm, you know, kind of went across, but it went across and north because I've got another friend who's in Flagler and he flooded in Ian. And then a month later, another storm came through up there and he had already ripped out all of his drywall and flooded again. So it's hard to say where you would go because it's such a crapshoot. You just don't know. It's sort of like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm at the age now where I can have I, I haven't tapped into it yet, but I qualify for Medicare and stuff. And it's like, OK, when do I start collecting my Social Security? When do I do this? When do I do that? Um, if I had an expiration date like a carton of milk, it would be very, you know, it'd be very easy to figure that out, but I don't know. Uh, am I going to live to be a hundred or am I going to die in the next 
two years, three years, four years, who knows? So it's that not knowing that makes those decisions tough to say what you would do until you're faced with them. So uh, I think in order to stay married, I would probably have to evacuate. And if we had enough notice, that evacuation might be getting on a plane and going somewhere. Uh, somewhere might be the Caribbean, somewhere might be Denver, Colorado. We had a really good time in the mountains of North Georgia the week before. Um, so there's, there's a lot of different places you could go. Do you want to drive? But the other thing is, do you want to leave your house empty, you know, and, and count on somebody else to check on things when all is said and done. So, um, we're, we're hopeful and prayerful that, that last year was our time in the barrel, like I said, and, uh, and we don't want to be back in that barrel anytime soon. I mean, the one good thing about being inland is you don't have is you don't have to evacuate for a storm. Right, right. What you have to worry about, I don't know if you read about the the inland sniper, the guy that's been going, you know, from house to house and shooting people in the. No, never mind. Uh, <laughs> Dylan, this has been great. Thank you so much. No, thank you. Finally got finally got you on the show. This when we get closer to spring training, I want to come back on again and talk about baseball. What do you think? Oh, I, oh I'm done with that. We can talk about baseball. Our um, you might you might be interested in this. You know, I'm on the board of directors for the Edison Festival of Light. I have been for 25 years, uh, and at the end of every year's events, uh, February, uh, there's a thing called the Cracker Dinner. And it's sort of a satellite event for the festival. It's not, it's not a, a festival event per se, but we kind of meld together and, and promote each other. And our um, uh, and it's put on by the Fort Myers Historical Society. And it's at the Broadway Palm Dinner Theater. And it's I don't know, like the third Monday in February. And this year, uh, the the theme of it is remember it, it's it's the focus the focus is on baseball in Southwest Florida. Uh, all the different teams that have been here for spring training, we're, we're hoping to get Connie Mack uh, to come out and be a featured speaker. I'm gonna be the master of ceremonies. Glenn Miller is very involved, who was a, a great sports writer for the news press for years. Um, uh, we're looking at uh, hopefully bringing in some guys that have played spring training here. You know, I've got connections with a couple of them. and. Uh, and I'd like to get a couple of them here and, and have them be a part of it. And um, you and I will be back together between now and then. And it might be something you might be interested in, in bringing two or three of your girlfriends with you and uh, <laughs> enjoying, enjoying a nice night at the uh, Broadway Palm Dinner Theater and uh, all things old school. Because, you know, uh, and, and we're, we're sort of getting ahead now, but uh, it's not just the, the Red Sox and the Twins. When you talk about spring training in Fort Myers and Southwest Florida, it's it's the Philadelphia Athletics. It's the uh, it's the Pittsburgh Pirates. You know, uh, Roberto Clemente played at Terry Park. Um, then there were the Sun Sox, the the uh, over forty league that played here. And we've had, I mean, baseball here has been great. I, I played in a, a a game one time against. They were called the Hollywood Cover Girls, and it was a traveling softball team of Hollywood Cover Girls, and we got to play baseball against. I'll show you pictures sometime. I was young and uh, handsome, kind of like you. And, what position were you? Uh, I played shortstop. I played shortstop. And uh, turning a double play took on an entirely new meaning that night. Uh, <laughs> and I think that's a good place to leave it. What do you think? 
yeah, so thanks, Ralph and yeah. Ted. We uh, wish you all the best, and hopefully, uh, we don't we go another hundred and umpteen years without seeing another hurricane. Because your lips to God's ears. Tell your mom and dad we said hello. We'll talk to you soon. <laughs>